Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Covenant people see themselves as ambassadors. Covenant people see caring people not as an interruption in their life or an irritation, but as a divine invitation and opportunity. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I'm so glad you could be with us, and I hope you'll share this podcast with somebody. You know, I'm doing a series of podcasts on the message I spoke at the Bander Brothers Conference. That whole message is available at nrpastors.com, and I'm kind of humbled at the great feedback I've gotten from that message. Actually, it's one of those messages I'd like to preach again. I listened to it, and I thought I sure did hem and ho a lot on there, but obviously that that message resonated, and, and of course, that's why I preached it. That's why I felt like the Lord gave me that message on covenant. So I'm going over some of these points on the podcast, but you're welcome to go and listen to the whole message. Uh, looking at 2 Samuel 9, 7, uh, uh, as the text here, where Daniel seeks out Moshibosheth, and he talks about him being of Saul's house. Think about the scenario. Saul has done nothing but evil to David, but say David doesn't do a cancel culture on Saul. He could have said Jonathan's house. He could have said nobody, but he reaches out to Moshibosheth. And remember, Moshibosheth was Jonathan's son who was crippled since he was age five, and he was crippled when his caretaker uh, dropped him or in some way had his legs crushed when they were running after Saul and Jonathan and his other brothers were killed by the Philistines. Uh, the point I want to make here is about this fellow Makar, who I mentioned in the last podcast, who took uh, Moshiboshef in at great consequence. And the point I want to make is that covenant people, point number six, covenant people see themselves as ambassadors to God. You know, when you read harrowing stories, uh, like we're familiar with Corey Ten Boom, for instance, and many, many others, even in those incredible situations, there arises a man or woman whose voice is predominant, who sees their position, not their circumstances, but their position as a place where God's kingdom should come. They see themselves as ambassadors of God. You know, there's a there's a history in the scripture where godly men and godly women for that matter, they hid uh, others from oppressive tyrants, you know, starting with Moses' mother, you know, who hid Moses, uh, and look what he turned to be. You know, in 2 Kings 11, we have Jeshua, who hid Joash from uh, Athaliah, the, the, the wicked queen, for six years, okay? We have in 2 Samuel, the unnamed lady who hid David spies from Absalom's death squad. In 2 Kings 18.4, you know, Obadiah hid the prophets from Jezebel. In Acts 9, the disciples hid Paul from, from uh, the crowd at Damascus. So there's, there's a great history in, in the Christian church, and going back to our Judeo-Christian ethic and our connection of godly people putting themselves in line to defend others. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have that in just, you know, very small bite. I, I shared when I was doing that message that I was uh, indicted 
when I was living in Florida for 41 counts of contempt of court because there were 41 pro-life defendants who were accused of violating a state injunction, and I refused to identify them. I said I would not identify that they were there. I won't give you their names. I won't do any of that. The ironic part was I was preaching in Philadelphia and got arrested in Philadelphia on a Florida warrant, which is pretty illegal. But what the judge did in Florida, he hated me so much. He said that there was a felony involved because there was a 20-year sentence that I could be issued. In other words, there were 41 defendants, and for contempt of court, you can get six months in jail. And so he led the Pennsylvania or the Philadelphia District Court to believe that I could be sentenced to 20 years and therefore they could arrest me on an out-state ward. When the truth was, uh, it was one act of you know, me refusing to listen to the court uh, and give the name. So I would have been, you know, sentenced to six, six months in jail, which I eventually was sentenced to six months in jail for, for this. And then uh, we had some appeals and everything. I ended up having to come back and serve the jail sentence. I'll just tell you a little story here. I ended up getting out in 18 days. It was right before Christmas. And God gave me favor in the jail. And I'm not trying to compare myself to these people, these heroic actions they took. I mean, I faced some time in jail. I faced six months. You know, my life wasn't going to be taken for me. My house wasn't going to be burned down. My children weren't going to be taken. You know, but the truth is that I was inspired by people like this in the Bible. There were Christian people around me, by the way, even some other pastors, and said I was being defiant, that I should just give the names. Who were those people not just to surrender themselves? I said, you know what? I don't think it's my job to give the names of pro-life defendants who are just doing the right thing. And so I just want to say this to you, that there comes a time when pro-life people really understand, when Christian people really understand, when covenant people really understand that they are ambassadors of another kingdom. And uh, you know, I know you could take the analogy too far, uh, but there there is a thing called diplomatic immunity, uh, where we really do play by a different set of rules, where we really are answerable to a higher power, where we really understand that there is a Supreme Court that is greater than the United States Supreme Court. So all this time has passed. You've got to realize from the time of Saul and Jonathan's death to David now inquiring, uh, you know, about 15 years have passed. So this Meshivashef is a 20-year-old guy. He's and, and the Bible says he actually had at least one child. And he could have vied, uh, you know, he, he was technically the rightful heir to the throne looking at the bloodline. So, you know, David took a great liability uh, in reaching out to him and doing this, okay? So covenant people really see themselves as ambassadors. I talked about the other point about covenant people seeking people out. Well, covenant people really see people as ambassadors. And just in line with that, I'll just combine these two, is that covenant people carry others as a privilege. You know, there are going to be times in your life, if there haven't been, where there's going to be somebody broken in your life. And that broken person may have got there as a result of his own foolishness or stupidity even, 
consequence for their own sin. Or maybe like Meshibosheth, they didn't get there that way. Maybe somebody else broke them. Maybe they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they could be not just physically broken. They could be financially broke. They could be emotionally broke. I've come into situations where there have been some people whose families have abandoned them, and sometimes for good cause, quite frankly. But that person was still a person, and they still needed somebody to lift them up and to carry them. And covenant people will do that, especially with people that are in our life. Maybe there's somebody in your life right now who has passed through your life, and and maybe they've gone through a hard time at life, and maybe getting a phone call from you or checking the mail from you or a visit from you. Maybe maybe they're in a nursing home. Maybe they're in a hospital. Maybe they can't get out like they used to. Maybe they used to come to your church and they just don't come anymore because it's very painful or hard for them to do. You know, sometimes there's people that stop come to church because they're physically broken and they literally can't do it without a lot of help. And sometimes there's people that are emotionally broken. They're just full of shame. They're embarrassed about what's happened to them or what's happened in their life. I remember a friend of mine going through bankruptcy and you know, how ashamed and afraid he was of that. And just, you know, thank God he was part of a good church that got around him, supported him, carried him, and just washed that shame off of his life. You know, sometimes when people go through divorce, you know, God hates divorce, but God doesn't hate people that go through divorce. And sometimes just washing that shame off their life by picking them up and carrying them. You know, maybe you have some strength today. Maybe you have physical strength. Maybe you have some time strength where you give some time. Maybe you have a little bit of financial strength, but at the end of the month, all your bills are paid and there's food in your fridge. You can you could share with somebody and be a blessing to them. But if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely have good news strength, okay? You definitely have the ability to share the good news with somebody who's hurting and broken and really needs to hear that. Covenant people see themselves as ambassadors and covenant people see caring other people not just as an interruption in their life, not as an irritation, but actually as a divine opportunity, as a divine invitation from the Holy Spirit. I bet you there's somebody out there right now that has some brokenness that a covenant call from you, my friend, would be a great blessing in their life. Hey, share this with somebody. Encourage yourself. Read that story uh, about David's life there from 2 Samuel, and uh, I think it will encourage you. Lord bless you. Today, Keith continued his discussion on what covenant looks like. Covenant people go beyond. Covenant people sense an obligation to the third party. Covenant people are concerned about justice and righteousness. Covenant people understand honor, even when they have been hurt. Covenant people seek people out. Covenant people see themselves as ambassadors of God. And covenant people carry others as a privilege. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.